Hi, this is Robert O'Reilly. My name is Gowron. Honor to you and your house. You're listening to Trek FM. Welcome to another episode of Earl Grey, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to the next generation. I'm your host, Amy Nelson, and joined with me today are Lee Hutchison and Richard Marquez. Hello, Lee. How are you, Amy? Fabulous. Very excited for today. And Richard. Hey, how you doing? Great. So we are very excited for today. We are going to do a mix and match. And so what that means is we're going to choose three episodes and we can do whatever we want with it. We can exchange crews from another series. Uh, We can put our crew into another series. Uh, We can bring in other crews into a TNG episode or sky's the limit. Guys, I'm feeling we have some surprises here. So, what do you guys think about that topic? It's a hot topic. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love it. I actually had some fun thinking about it, and um, yeah, it's gonna. This is gonna be fun. Was this one? Was it not a listener that recommended this idea? I do believe it was. Go ahead. Yes, it was a listener. Um, oh gosh, I forgot <laughs> who it was. Well, whatever li- whatever it's, listener it's who- that is that's listening to this, know that despite the fact we've clearly forgotten your name, we do love you. And we hope that you enjoy this episode. And hopefully there's someone out there on their commute or their run or they're sitting on the toilet listening to this podcast that goes, it was me, it was me, it was me. If, if it's you, reach out to us and um, we'll, we'll give you some love. I, yes. I actually thought it was Justin. That gave uh, us this idea. No, it was one of our listeners who does, who writes. And he was saying that he wants to, he would like to see uh, a TNG episode, but then mix up. So like, instead of Data, it would be Beverly Crusher and like change the characters on a TNG episode oh, within that episode. Okay. Remember that? Yeah, I remember so we that just, now. Yeah. yeah, we took it to the extreme and we're like, we are just going to mix it all up and have a mix smash of episodes. So yeah, that's what we did. So thank you. We do read your comments on Babel Conference and uh, we're going to take it and run. So Richard, uh, oh, so let me tell you, we have chosen, like I said, three episodes and uh, Richard, why don't you share with us your first mix match? Well, I actually went through, I, I, going through them all and everything, you know, since it's, since it's a TNG podcast, I figured uh, we just replace it, replace another crew with with the TNG um, uh, episode. So my first one, because I'm going to save the best for last, um, I wanted to ch- uh, change up, uh, change a command. And I would love it if Jonathan Archer and his crew 
uh, were to take on that whole entire episode. I abs. I, I really think. I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. Picard's great character. You know, Riker. You know, they could all be aggressive and whatnot. But I could see. Uh, Archer coming in and beating people up and just like, you know, what's going on? You know, shaking people, uh, shaking the alien out of them or something like that. And it, with you don't even need phasers to kill that last one. He'll shake that, uh, shake that alien right out of his, uh, out of his ear. And I just think that it would be, it would be so much more dramatic if it was Jonathan Archer. That's just me. So. Oh boy, you could say he's leaped into someone else's body or position here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did. <laughs> oh boy. I get that reference. <laughs> what about yourself, Amy? Let, let's hear, let's hear, let's hear your first one. Okay. Well, uh, my first one is a fan favorite Rascals. And I too chose the Enterprise crew. Um, I was thinking that, um, well, since the Enterprise crew is smaller, we would only have um, just three instead of four get turned down to little kids. So uh, in TNG, uh, this is obviously the episode where uh, they get taken down to their kids. And that was Picard, Roe, Guinan, and and uh, Keiko O'Brien. So um, in place of Picard, we would have Captain Archer. And in place of Roe, we would have T'Pol. And in place of Guinan, uh, we would have Phlox. And the reason I chose Phlox was so because in Next Gen, Guinan and Roe, they're the ones that are together. And, and Guinan's basically helping Roe relive her childhood. And and I like the interplay with Phlox and Tapal because Phlox really knows how to enjoy and live for the moment. And I think he could teach uh, little Tapal how to enjoy her youth uh, without so much uh, suppressing her emotions. So I wanted to see that interplay. And then, um, of course, we would have Riker um, be played with Trip, And so, you know, Archer would be, you know, hey, dad to Trip. That would be pretty funny. And uh, so then we would have, instead of the Ferengi taking over the Enterprise, we would have the Sulaban, of course, trying to take over the NX-01. I'm surprised you even know the the villains in Enterprise. Hey, now. (laughs) Shout out to my Warp 5 friends. Uh, Yes, Enterprise is my second favorite. I actually had Rascals originally down on one of my lists, but I removed it. Really? But I will tell you who it was originally going to be on my my crew. Like, I was going to swap them out with. So it's called Rascals. What about the Little Rascals? Instead of Picard, Roe, Guinan, and um, Picard, Riker, no, Picard, Guinan, Roe, and um, O'Brien, Keiko. Keiko O'Brien, it would have been Spanky, Alfalfa, Darla, and Stymie. You know, you could just imagine like, like, like beaming over and like Alfalfa's like turned back into a kid again. And it's like, Captain, you're a kid again, and his little hair will ping up. And you know, that, that's pretty much the only image I had in my head of the. <laughs> Of my uh, crossover with the the rascals with little rascals crew, love it. And, in, and instead <laughs> of like trying to hijack the Enterprise, it's like kids from another like neighborhood that are trying to like take over the ship as almost as if it's almost a um, what's it called a a treehouse tree yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Perfect. I love it. Well, Lee, if you didn't uh, want to include Little Rascals, give us one from your list. Well, I'm off to cross the streams here. So it's like a kind of semi sort of sequel, pre well, prequel to uh, First Contact. You know, the Borg sphere is kind of a sphere shape, isn't it? Kind of similar, yes. kind of similar to a Death Star. Now, what? what happens if the Rogue One crew were sent on a mission to get the plans to this time-traveling Borg sphere instead of the Death Star? So you've got Jin and everyone in between, and they go off. And they're sent on this mission to go behind the enemy lines to Borg space to get these plans so that it doesn't destroy Earth by assimilating the past to change the future. Um, and yeah, I could just like picture the Rogue One crew just doing their deep undercover stuff and fighting on Borg planets to get closer and closer to the, the Borg Nexus or the Queen's Lair to get their hands on this uh, the Borg sphere plans as opposed to the Death Star plans. So yeah, like why not, eh? I love it. I um, have not seen Rogue One, but I can imagine everything that you said. Okay, I'm going to terminate her feed right now. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, after was all our confessions about not having seen Deep Space Nine, like her not having seen a Star Wars movie is actually pretty good. You know, I haven't seen a Star Wars movie. Brilliant. You're back on side. You're, you're, you're showing your trekking roots over being a Star Wars fan. That's right. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the gang. <laughs> welcome back to our, Richard, the Star Trek yeah. treehouse. Yeah. Girls are no, allowed. No. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, no Star Wars fans allowed. <laughs> there you go. I like that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you like that, uh, Richard Rogue One? I know that you saw the movie. Can you see that happening? Yeah, actually, oh, I I thought we were just doing the cruise um, of a previous Star Trek. Well, but, I no, went that I went Rogue One. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I actually like it. Yeah, I, I, I um, you know, that would be uh, that would you said relics, right? Is that what you said? Me. Or did you say rask? Or oh, I'm sorry, Amy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, so. Rogue One instead of the Borg Sphere Queen plans. Oh, yeah. I was, uh, you know, I was actually picturing in my mind uh, the Dyson Sphere uh, that was in Relics and thinking that that was the Death Star as well. But yeah, you know, I like it a lot. I, I mean, it is it is to scale, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, it is a it is a massive man-made or alien-made structure that surrounds a star. But regardless, yeah, I actually like it a lot. Yeah, I could I could see it. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, uh, Richard, tell us another episode that you mixed and matched. I think Justin's going to like me for this one because I'm going with Time Zero. Woohoo! <laughs> and I really think uh, it would be fantastic to see D the D Space Nine crew in Time Zero. Um, and, you know, I, I just think that. Uh, it mainly because um, it, it's just, 
I th- I, th- I could see Kira being the aggressive one throughout the whole entire episode. Like you know, you see you see Riker as the police officer. Obviously, Kira is going to be the police officer. It I could I can only imagine what she would do uh, <laughs> uh, while in in the 19th century. I'm sure that would be <gasps> appalling <laughs> to everyone there. Um, but like uh, I just think overall that you know it's a it's a very good crew that. Uh, uh, and the reason why I'm uh, reason why I'm cho- I chose the D Space Nine crew is because of um, Far Among the Stars. I think that's what the episode is. Basically, the the one that talks about um, race in, in the episode. Oh yeah, Far um, Beyond in the, the Stars. Past. Far Beyond the Stars. Thank you. And the reason why I chose it that way is because you know they all of them were very good. least they they're. I mean, I'm not saying the TNG crew is not good at all either, but. They're, they're, it's a different type of actor um, actors that have different sets uh, or uh, skill sets that I believe that are I, I, I think they're just a little bit more above uh, the TNG crew um, and I think that the chemistry was a lot better with the D Space Nine crew than the TNG but then again it's also another series they had more continuity than probably Enterprise or I'm sorry than TNG did so yeah there is that <laughs> So who are is going to be decapitated? Whose head are they going back for? <laughs> That's a question and a half, isn't it? Who's getting decapitated? Screams the teacher. That's a good. I never thought of it. I never thought about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, would it have to be Odo? I mean, would he be it would the have only to be one? Odo. That would be... Yeah, he'd be like a puddle of goo or something like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Excellent. That is good. I can see that definitely. Yeah, from far beyond the stars, and you can see that the um, that the DS Nine crew they enjoy doing their period pieces, and it would just fit right in. It, it, exactly, especially from, like Butter Bing, Butter Boom, uh, Butter Boom. Yeah. That one as well. I mean, that's yeah. a great episode as well. That you know, they don't have to be just space people or astronauts or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. What about it. yourself, Amy? Let's see. Let's hear number two. Okay. So this one, um, I had just finished at the time of this recording, listening to uh, Mission Log, and they did Ship in a Bottle with Mariotti. And if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it. Um, but they, their question is, Mariotti, is he life? I mean, now he knows where he's at. He has consciousness, and he wants to get out of the holodeck and is does that represent new life and so with that that really got me thinking about well mariotti is a holodeck and so i chose to mix and match measure of a man with the voyager crew and because i thought we could take that a little further into the future into the 24th century where we've decided that data is life and now the question is is the doctor life because he's a hologram so go ahead richard no i was gonna say is that before or after they uh they went through the dilemma um with the doctor on ethics do you know what i'm talking about oh gosh Darn, you guys throw me under the bus every episode. (laughs) So, uh, no, the reason why I say that is actually that's perfect because um, 
the Voyager crew would be better because they've dealt with it um, before, or at least they did. They did so in in the episode. I can't remember what episode it was, but it basically it was about the Doctor's ethics on what was right, what was wrong, and and whatnot. And I think uh, that was um, the aftermath of what he did to um, Seven of Nine after um, the Equinox, uh, what okay. he did to her after the Equinox, and um, and basically. All his his ethic sub uh, subroutines were basically deleted or paused or whatever, um, and he could do whatever he wanted to her. So that's why I was saying is like, is it before or after that? I would assume after that, but um, then let's say after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because I, I, I that's a really good choice because they they actually do really well, and you know they do raise a lot of those questions on you know if it's a computer program, what stops it from actually you know. Um, doing the unethical thing versus doing the ethical thing. I mean, obviously that's a program algorithm or something like that, but really what would, that's the only thing that would stop them. Well, cool. Then this makes, uh, my list of characters makes a little more sense after that. So for data, obviously the doctor weird, uh, putting him on trial for, is it life? And then, um, instead of Picard defending, it would be Janeway defending that the doctor is life. And, uh, for, the person to play Riker who was trying to disprove, then I was going to have seven of nine play that character. I That's amazing. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I would have got um, Benedict Cumberbatch from Star Trek Into Darkness to play uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, instead of Data. You know, I think he might be kind of pretty tailored to that uh, role. I don't know if you've seen the Sherlock TV show. Mm. Oh, yes, I yeah. have. Yep. So he's well-trained. And a boring, boring fact for you. Um, Moriarty um, and Sherlock Holmes were invented. People often associate with London. Here on my, my home city of Edinburgh is the home of Sherlock Holmes. Um, just like five minutes from my work is a statue of Sherlock Holmes. And I got um, comatose drunk like two weeks ago in a pub called Moriarty. So all roads lead back to uh, Earl Grey, you can say. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's amazing because if you if you've never seen Voyager and you come up with that, they basically made that episode and yeah, no, basically I've, answered I've, the questions. Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen Voyager, but I I liked that and because I know that Seven of Nine and the Doctor have a good relationship, and so I thought that would be interesting to see her trying to you know, say, no, the doctor is not a living thing. Um, yeah, just because of their relationship and then also her logical side of being Borg and just the, you know, facts mm. type of thing. Right, right. So, That's a good choice. Yeah. I like it. Hey, thank you. All right, Lee, give us another off the wall. <laughs> Uh-oh. So we had Star Wars. Well, what about the Star Trek, the next generation episode, The Price? Do you remember that episode? Where um, yeah, the Ferengi make an appearance again. Is that yeah. the one where they got stuck in the wormhole? Yeah. So the Ferengi okay. make an appearance, and the Enterprise is hosting negotiations where they're going to be selling a wormhole. Why would you want the Star Trek crew to host the negotiations for sell uh, for a wormhole? Why not get? The Stargate crew. So the negotiations are not being held on the Enterprise, but are being held on the Prometheus, the US military spaceship. And it's the Stargate SG-1 crew that are hosting it. And people like Marina Sirtis have been on Star Trek, um, Stargate. 
Robert Picardo, so much of the cast and crew of uh, of Star Trek, well, most of the cast of Star Trek have appeared at some point or another on uh, SG-1. So it seemed like a fitting thing. Like, yeah, the Enterprise crew don't have that much experience with wormholes. So let's get a, a star team that does. And what about a team that actually goes in through wormholes each and every week on sci-fi or showtime? So it's going to be the Stargate SG-1 team replacing the next generation team. So, yes, there's my uh, my uh, pitch for the price. I think we should have came up with rules for this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we did. <laughs> That's One, what makes it fun. True. Very true. You know, r- rules are good. You know, you, you give me an inch, I take a mile. <laughs> yes. If nothing else, we have definitely learned that working with Lee. <laughs> No, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm not a huge fan of uh, Stargate. My dad is. Uh, He's, uh, what was it? Um, The last Starfest that we had here in Denver was mostly about Stargate, and I learned quite a bit. so cool. (laughs) I think you would like Stargate SG-1, Amy. It's like uh, Samantha Carr. I reckon you you would really rock her character. She's like a scientist, mathematician, uh, like... There you go. Genius. All right. Yeah. Well, I will have to check it out. Just kind of the first couple of episodes are a bit ropey, but yeah, it's like a hell of a show. And um, I think like when you watch, it, it's very next generation inspired. That they kind of took that kind of the vibe of the next generation really for the first couple of seasons. And yeah, there there is a lot of next generation cast that pop up. Marina Sirtis pops up as a Russian at some point, so there's that. And um, so yeah, it's it's a, it was a brilliant show. And me and Darren Moser, former uh, host of uh, Earl. Gray, we did a podcast talking about our love from Stargate SG-1 so if there's any fans of it out there you can find us on the, the Filibuster podcast talking about the wonderful Stargate SG-1 And when did Stargate air? Um, um, is it still it going on? Or? Well no it started for like, it was on for like 10 years so I think it started about like 98, 97 um, and oh. it went on for quite a while and then it had two spin-off shows uh, Stargate Atlantis, Stargate Universe and um, Stargate Universe is kind of like Voyager but done better um, and then Stargate <laughs> Atlantis is kind of I don't more- think the people that I don't think the people at uh, To The Dre is going to agree with you on that one. <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's done better in a way. Um, it's very more kind of like Battlestar Galactica. And then Stargate Atlantis is kind of like about a remote space station, essentially. Um, so it's a bit more of a Deep Space Nine feel. But it, it kind of taps into a lot of kind of next generation vibe. It's, it's a brilliant series. It takes a lot of time to catch up with it on. So, you know, you maybe I'd encourage you after you've watched Deep Space Nine, to check out SG-1 I think you would love Sam Carter and I think yeah I I would love to see them coming together and dealing with the Ferengi and you know managing the sales of a wormhole essentially nice Nice. so in in Amy's uh, case never (laughs) 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 I'm just messing with you (laughs) okay all right. Well, I did write it down. Um, I've heard like people is that's SG one then, right? Yeah, the Star- yeah, SG-1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I hear people talk, and again, it's just over my head. Another sci-fi series I have not watched. It's got Don't Richard Dean Anderson. Like, I, I The Simpsons taught me that kind of you know people love, like women love Richard Dean Anderson. So surely that's another incentive as well. 
There you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, it's a good show. I says I have no time for it. I mean, I I watched so many other shows that it's just I hard it was to like give up. like the military angle, you would have quite liked it, Richard. Uh, yeah, yeah, you would think so, uh, but I just it does it didn't sell it to me well. Maybe it's because, like you said, the first few episodes aren't really you know up to par like it is now because i know it's hooked my dad and i know it's hooked several other people that i know um that are veterans but like yeah it just didn't hook me maybe i just need to watch more <laughs> periodic reminder this is trek fm's dedicated star trek the next generation podcast <laughs> <laughs> and not force fm oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get to go on tangents every now and then i think every show does it exactly. so <laughs> All right. Well, Richard, uh, give us another one off of your list. You mean my last one? <laughs> your last one. Yes. This is our third. Okay. So out of all the, I mean, obviously we've seen, well, except for Enterprise and TOS, actually, um, we've seen interactions with Q. I want to see Kirk beat a beat up Q. I really do. I I would love to see that. I would love to see him, how he would react to him. He's that kind of captain that just, I don't give a damn about, you know, what you're all about. And if you want to mess with me, well, you're going to come through me. So I chose Q who, and of course the TOS crew, uh, to deal with them and the board. I really, and you know what, honestly, I would, I think that it would, if, the TOS crew had the technology like TNG did. I think it would have been a little bit different, maybe a little bit more cautious. Um, but then again, it is Kirk. So, you know, guns are blazing. Throw everything we got. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose so. uh, Cisco showed uh, that you can punch a god. So, you know, probably Kirk would like, I can imagine with like the torn shirt trying to grapple with Q. You know, you would think that he would be back for more. And I, I would have thought... He would have been back. Uh, he, he would have been like a reoccurring, uh, like villain in Deep Space Nine. I really wished he was, but it's just like I don't know. It, I don't know. It just didn't feel right. I mean, the chemistry between Q and uh, and Cisco didn't feel proper, like it did with Picard and um, and. Uh, I was about to say Kate Mulgrew. It's not Kate Mulgrew. It's Janeway. Uh, Janeway, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> At least I'm I know the one that's going to be in trouble from the, to the journey, people. You're the one that can't even name the captain that was in 178 episodes. Hey, 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 I, I'm doing them a favor uh, for Denver Comic Con. They know what it is. So. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, what about you? What's, what is your last one, Amy? Okay, so this is the one where I went off the wall. And I uh, just, yes, this is the one that's going to be super fun. So I love and own all the episodes of Friends. So the one where the uh, Joey and Chandler versus Rachel and Monica in the quiz game where they are being quizzed to figure out who's going to get the apartment. Have you guys that seen that one? That is a classic one? episode. Like, I'm not a big Friends fan. I preferred <laughs> Frasier and the Seinfeld in the 90s. But God, I love that episode. The yeah. lightning round! Fancy <laughs> <laughs> guests. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so funny. How many were there? 11. (laughs) You know what we need to do? Like, this is a statement of intent. We're going to, I'm going to come up with something where like, 
in a month or so where we'll have like a, a quiz like i'll quiz you guys and it'll be like a kind of i don't know to compete to be the the king or queen of earl gray or something like that and we will have a star trek theme quiz that has the same rounds as the the friends quiz well we're going to do something like that yes it is it's so good so what i was thinking for our tng crew was we would have and say who knows each other better uh we would have the good friends data and jordy versus deanna and beverly and have them go at it and have Riker be the moderator have Riker be ross and asking the questions and I can just see it. It would be so much fun. Would that be fair for Data to be on one of the teams? Wouldn't he be better for the uh, commentator? But then if it's yeah, about kind of, of... But I suppose it's knowledge and stuff, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. You're like, I he mean, may have knowledge about like everything in the world and science, but... You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it's, not like it's, it's more based knowledge. on their friendship. Yeah. Oh, uh, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I guess not everything's in a database. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Database. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that, that brings up so many good memories. I love that episode. I know, it's, the it's only so one. funny. It was, the one thing I love about that episode is that... Uh, it, it, when they wake up because of the chick because of the rooster it's it's she's going through some changes yes <laughs> i just love that part it was like is that you <laughs> yeah so that's my mix match the out of the box ones there and I was trying to figure it out because I'm like, well, what would they be fighting for? You know, the apartment. And the closest thing I could get to was when Worf and uh, when Worf grows two bridges and then they would be fighting over which bridge to get. But that was a stretch. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. I, I get. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. <laughs> So bring in my love of friends to next generation there. All right, Lee. Okay, my third. I'm I'm sitting down for this one. Exactly. Uh Oh, here we go. (laughs) My third and final choice is um, a bit of a different take on the best of both worlds. I mean, some people have said that the Borg were based on, on kind of the Japanese technology of the 80s. Some people say the Borg are kind of like zombies. And which Star Trek cast member has like experience in dealing with zombies? Amy, do you, do you know any? Uh, no, I do not. Richard? Are you talking about like... Are you talking about like a Walking Dead character? Me, not not Walking Dead, but like um, with, you know, a Star Trek actor kind of in the reboot series, um, that maybe having experience of dealing with zombies. Yeah, I, I, I no, I, I, I don't do zombie movies. <laughs> so what about? I wouldn't know. A rom zom com. Oh, oh yes, yes. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Yep. Okay. Wait, just to clarify here, what do you think I'm talking about? I'm thinking you're talking about Rom. No. Um, oh. Okay. I'm talking about the Shaun of the Dead team. Silence. God, this is where this is. You know, I'm so happy that like Duncan Barrett and AJ Black will be listening to this episode. They'll be like, they're screaming like they'll know it. Shaun of the Dead is like this cult British movie starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost as. 
uh, Sean and Ed. And basically it's about two guys as there's been a random zombie invasion of Britain. And their solution is to just wait for it all to blow over and they're going to go to the pub. And they know how to deal with zombies. And we heard in like Star Trek The Next Generation and a bit of Deep Space Nine about what the Boar crisis was like on Earth. Everyone was so worried and panicked. What we needed to see it was from that perspective. What was it like while this was all kicking off? And I want to see Simon Pegg just, you know, showing how he could handle zombies and that would deal with his own little corner of this zombie invasion or Borg invasion, if you want to tenuously link it. So, yeah, I want to see the Shaun of the Dead team out there having a, you know, a pint waiting for the Borg invasion to all blow over, just sitting in some pub in London while it's like streaming, oh, the Borg ship's now above Earth. Oh, they're all sleeping and then it explodes. And yeah, I, like and it's like I'm sure when I, I'm gonna send you some stuff, like you'll recognize the meme where it's like Simon Pegg having a beer, cheeky face, and it's just like let's wait for all this to blow over. I'm sure that would be what we'd all be like if that was like we were living in this Star Trek world where it was all going to uh, to hell essentially. Um, we'd just be like, well, pub. And that's what Simon Pegg did. And that was his big break into kind of movies after starring in Spaced. Um, this was a movie by Edgar Wright as well. Total geek legend. Um, so yeah, um, that is my third crew. The Shaun of the Dead crew would be replacing the Next Generation crew for a bit of a different perspective on the best of both worlds. Huh. <laughs> that's, I, I, I've actually seen parts of Shaun of the Dead. I think that was the first and only mo- No, that's not true because I've seen War- I've seen World War Z. Um, yeah, like Shaun of the Dead is so much better. Like it was famously described as a rom zomcom romantic zombie comedy. So like I don't like zombie stuff like it's so boring, but this one is like a comedy masterpiece. Huh. Isn't it isn't Bill Murray in that movie? Uh no, that's Zombieland. Oh, right, uh, Shaun right. of the Dead's a British movie. It's like yeah. right. I've seen bits and parts of that movie too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, what'd you think, Amy? No, yeah, yeah. There's Lee again, uh, going all crazy across you guys the pond see a look over on there. Her face. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. <laughs> I've got to fly the single British flag just all by myself sometimes. <laughs> yes, there you go. There's for the British fans. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Especially those who like zombie movies. I don't know. I don't see the fascination, but that's me. We'll see like a Zen diagram of like Earl Grey listeners. Earl Grey listeners that watch rom zom coms. <laughs> Earl Grey people that watch Friends. Get like we, we need to <laughs> and do like Stargate. We need. Ah. Yeah, well, there's me and Darren Moser. That's two. Yeah. Um, so what we really need to do is like we need to carry out an Earl Grey census. That's what we need to do. We need to find out what our fans and listeners listen to, watch, are interested in, so we can really target you in the future with things you like. Because there's probably like three, two thirds are like. What's a rom zom com? And then another one third are like, ah, oh, yeah, a rom zom com. And then there's like probably people that are listening to this in like Asia or the Middle East that are like, what is this British guy talking about? Bring back Justin Ozer. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know, we should do this again, but this time have parameters, <laughs> but like, but for Richard. like, well, no, no, no. I mean like, like if we're going to do like different shows or something like that, that would be, I could, I could think of a couple of them right now, but uh, it's like, I was like, damn. 
Oh, well, that's okay. That's okay. Well, so Lee, <laughs> off the cusp, you said that you liked Frasier. I too enjoy Frasier. So what uh, would you mix up with the Frasier cast? Uh, well, have you ever, well, I don't know if you guys remember, like it was Star Trek's 30th anniversary. They did like, uh, um, vo- like you had um, Janeway in charge of the Enterprise, uh, Voyager and like the Frasier cast, except Kelsey Grammer were on the mm-hmm. bridge. Have you ever seen I've that? I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yep. Yeah, um, like Roz is the communications officer, Daphne is the telepath, um, Martin is sitting in his chair in the command um, as the commander, and then Niles is just floating about. And they're like, yeah, have you seen that? You should No, watch- but it sounds awesome. Yeah. It is, it is. So basically, yeah. 20 years ago, uh, they did a Star Trek Frasier mashup. And then Kelsey Grammer got to be in cause and effect. So, you know, that's kind of... Um, you know, he's kind of already crossed over. So technically all of the Frasier crew in one combination or another have crossed over to the next generation. So I don't even need to do anything in this one. I just need to go, just go to YouTube. You'll see this dream come to life. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's quite hilarious. You, you'd like it. I, I well, yeah. yeah, you'd yeah. like it. I'll send a link to you. Well, mixing and matching the crews of TNG isn't the only topic we've been talking about here on the network. Here's a quick look at what you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Warp 5. I am so heartened to hear you say that because that is probably my favorite episode of maybe all of the produced episodes I've ever written. And it was something that was inspired by what I find a theme in in my work in writing, which is that moral dilemma of, you know, what would you do for the greater good? And how much would you sacrifice? And what does it do to you? Saturday Morning Trek. Roddenberry uh, was very involved with the first episode. And for that episode, we needed to come up with the derelict spaceship. And as a result, as the brand new guy on the on the crew <laughs> who had spaceships and stuff in his uh, portfolio, I got the job of coming up with that ship. Continuing mission. You know, we were pitching our idea, Don and I, to the folks at Starbase Studios. And I vowed to myself that I wasn't going to walk on the bridge and then go sit immediately in the chair and have a picture taken of myself. However, as soon as I got on the bridge, I sat in the chair and I took a picture of myself. Uh, so, So it was like a kid in a candy store. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So, Richard, where can people find you? Well, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Well, they can actually find me on uh, Facebook. Uh, they can uh, find me on uh, the Babel Conference. It's my next favorite place to be. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, you can find me there uh, popping in and there causing a little trouble. And um, I disabled my uh, Twitter. And um, Yes, can people find you on Twitter? No, because they deleted it. <laughs> So I am no longer on Twitter. So <laughs> um, I apologize. So it's no longer X Ransom. I'll figure out a way to get it right back. But um, yeah, sucks. <laughs> 
Well, Lee, you mentioned to us a little bit about Filibuster. So where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on the Nerd Party Network uh, doing nerd and geek culture podcasts. Just did an episode just the other week with uh, Darren Moser. Like people seem to like when me and him podcast together. So, um, yeah, we did a podcast all about him being a stormtrooper, which was, which was good fun. Um, and we discussed Stargate and everything in between. We've had a few interviews with some pretty awesome people as well lately. Ben Wheatley, which was which was mind blowing. Um, and yeah you can find me on the Nerd Party Network you can find me on Twitter I'm on there uh, at Lee underscore Nostromo um, and you can find me I do it's more producing than kind of hearing me in front of it but you can hear me on the Glasgow's Green podcast at this exact moment we're currently trending in Glasgow so um, yeah like I turned 30 a few days ago and I've already peaked for the year I'm we're trending in Glasgow so what an achievement eh usually uh, usually it's if it's some sort of food is trending in Glasgow like a battered Mars bar so yeah you can find me there and you can find me um, at Star Trek VHS excellent Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson where I tweet all my Star Trek watchings Uh, but I really enjoy the Babel Conference Trek FM's dedicated Facebook group to uh, the Trek FM that was funny and Yes, so join us next time for another cup of Earl Grey. Today is a good day to die. Who died and made you king of the zombies? Great joy and gratitude.